listen, there's something unique God's doing in this hour of the church, and we haven't figured it out yet, but we're really excited to be exploring and on this journey together. Um, we, Tracy and I, were involved in a group right before uh, service today, and we just kind of openly said, it's a college and career group, we just kind of openly said, we're really trying to figure out what the Lord's desiring in terms of growing deeper, and um, we want to explore together, we want to experiment together. And I know that God is going to help us in that journey. But this is one thing I do know. Unity is a key part to this next season of the church. Uh, the Bible says in Psalms 133 how good and pleasant it is when we dwell together in unity. It says there God has commanded life and God has commanded blessing. In the place of unity is where God has commanded life and God has commanded blessing. So I found it interesting a few weeks ago with our uh, marriage retreat weekend. It was an exciting weekend for us. Uh, just to gather together and allow the Lord to impart some things within our hearts. But then I realized um, that wound up just culminating and growing, and we wound up having five churches there uh, in, that, in those meetings. And there was something significant that I felt like was uh, released. I've had really unusual messages from various people about just the living legacy that God was stirring in the midst of all of that. And uh, just believing for more of that. And then I realized tonight uh, we're gathering together. We're a host site. We are, this is the fourth and final regional gathering in the state of Oklahoma to cry out for the next generation church to become everything God has called the next generation church to become. And that's going to be at 7 o'clock tonight. And that is, we're the host site. They're, they're coming in. They've been doing this across the state now. And in fact, we've got a clip. I want you just to see a little bit of what you're anticipating. But, but hear me loud and clear. We know of 10 churches that are going to be here this evening. And again, God's doing something in a spirit of unity. And uh, this is kind of what you can expect. Cody was um, spoke at the marriage retreat and so he just had an idea he shared it with me maybe a year ago that God just every time he'd come in his prayer closet the Holy Spirit was challenging him to cry out for the next generation church to be raised up across the state of Oklahoma so he just began to organize and he started sharing with me after the first event he said just the presence of the Lord so filled the room there was just this lingering and and young people just on their face crying out to God so uh, I just want to challenge you, if there's a way for you to make it back this evening at 7 p.m., uh, it'll really be uh, not just a, you know, we have to be careful of the language. It, it'd be worth your investment of time. It's just nonsense. Is this something the Lord is asking you to participate in? 
I mean, let's declare the kingdom of God is at hand. It's just not about this exchange thing of if I get enough out of it, I'll be involved in what God's doing. How many of you know that's just not the kingdom of God? At the center of the kingdom is the cross of Jesus Christ, and sacrifice is the nature of the church that we should be exploring. So pay attention to what he's convicting and directing as you walk that out. I would ask you, if you grab that little men's event on the chair, and just hold that in your hand for a moment. Would you mind just hold that up? I want to ask you if you'll tuck that in your Bible and take that and begin to pray. Uh, again, a group of churches coming together. There'll be hundreds of men at this particular event. Uh, we've been involved in it. Guys, I would invite you to be a part of this. Um, I really felt there's something significant. And just, again, I'm just kind of talking some things out with you as much as anything. Um, you know, in times past... How many of you know the Lord just keeps maturing us a little bit at a time? <clears throat> and in times past, uh, I found a sense of significance by sharing with our congregation maybe ministry events and things that I was going to be a part of. And so I'm real cautious about that now because I, I don't want to do that. That's just a really unhealthy practice, and it breeds something spiritually that I don't want in this place. I want to root that out, in fact. <laughs> So I'm reluctant to say what I'm about to say other than I just had this encounter with God this morning. I want us to be people who know their God. And this morning I just, in a place of prayer, I felt like the Lord was saying to me, um, I'm leaving this afternoon for a trip in the UK and I'm going to be speaking every day for two weeks over the course of these next couple of weeks. And and the Lord is dealing with me about not even preparing a sermon. And I've never done this before. And so I'm trying not to be anxious about it, just in all honesty. But I believe God is actually asking me to go and trust him so much that I'll stand in front of these various forums of people and I have nothing to say if he doesn't say it. I mean, that's pretty stupid. <laughs> I may never get invited back. Here's the thing, it's just not about getting invited back. It's not about having entrance, it's not about being recognized, it's not about being known. I just want to obey the Lord. I really just want to do what He's asking. And I'm asking you to do the same, that that will be our heart. And I just felt this morning as I was just encountering God, so much began to be unlocked and I realized that the men's event is happening like two days after I'm back and I'm speaking at the men's event and I just felt the Lord was saying I'm about to go across England to pick up deposits from various groups of people that I'm gonna bring back to deposit in that group of men and that weekend then back here a release of what God's desiring come on God is wanting to cross pollinate the church with true revelation that empowers us to become everything he desires for us to be not a religious empire but the body of Christ that is filled with the Holy Spirit and in power everywhere we go we literally have impact on the atmosphere of the room that we walk into because that's just who we are in humility we're given great authority but we must embrace that posture of humility to walk where God wants us to walk so I would just say uh, guys if you'll keep those and please be praying into that in agreement I would appreciate it. But also, guys, I would encourage you, we need you to sign up pretty quickly. I know we just did the marriage 
uh, weekend, but the men's event is a true investment in your life. I, I really believe it's going to be significant. We're born for more. Do you feel it? Do you sense it? Do you hear it? Are you willing to pay attention to what the Holy Spirit is asking? How many you know God will ask of you way more than anybody else has the courage to ask of you? Like I think of Elijah uh, and, and all that was taking place with Elijah and Elisha in this impartation of, uh, of the mantle. And then you've got this widow. And have you, you remember this story? This widow comes up and she says... Uh, she says, he, the prophet asks her, do you have anything? She said, well, I basically have enough food for my son and I to have one last meal, and then we're going to die. And he says, why don't you make me a meal? I mean, it's pretty crazy text of Scripture when you think. That's probably not what my dialogue with her would have been. <laughs> But that was what his dialogue was because God was unlocking something of supernatural proportion in the earth. And that changes your dialogue when you get in touch with that. You were born for more than what you see with your natural eyes. You were born for more than what you know with your natural mind. You were born for more than just what the world can understand, comprehend, and see. You were born for more. And today I want us to explore that. I just believe God's going to have a conversation with us. The more we're willing to pay attention to the Holy Spirit, the more he will awaken something deeper within us. And that is the revelation for 2023. Like before we even get close to 2023, we wanted to introduce it this year, which is something we've never done. It's just because God's kind of preparing the soil for us to go deeper. And we want to just cooperate with him. Um answering the call of God in your life is not about self-fulfillment as much as it's about kingdom advancement. And we live in a society that's made everything about um, what's, the, what's my return on investment. And if I get a good return on investment, if you can keep me inspired and entertained enough, then I'll come back. I'll invite my friends, and, and we'll just build this great church that's built on uh, just getting people into a room. I just want to say we are working diligently to understand how to effectively mobilize you to be the sons and daughters of God that he has called you to be. We are not interested in rallying a room full of consumers who love listening to a speaker. We are interested in rallying a room full of ministers who love listening to God and we all go out and listen to the voice of the Spirit and the way we live our lives so we're born for more we know we're born for more we don't really know how to identify it explain it understand it comprehend it walk it out but we do know we're born for more and so today I want us just to step into that we've been looking at this progression of the storyline the narrative of God that we find clearly written in Scripture you and I were born for the garden experience in the very beginning there was this relationship between humanity and deity and this God the Father was interacting and co having a conversational connection and that's where we're going to conclude today so I want us to understand that out of the garden we see we were born for relationship with God and out of our relationship with God that's when we come to know it is not good for a man to be alone and you don't just find strength from walking with God you need to walk with God's family the way God has designed you to walk with God's family that's very very important that you understand that it's not my idea it's his idea it's what we find in scripture so we're going to be looking at John 15 if you have your Bibles just go ahead and turn to the book of John chapter 15 because out of the garden we learn not only there is it not good for man to be alone but then once we learn to walk together it kind of awakens a greater revelation of the assignment that God has on our lives and everybody is created to build an ark. 
You are supposed to build an ark to help or even rescue those around you, but there's an ark for you to build. This is part of the narrative we see of God, that actually you're born for the work of God, not just for the work of building your own empire structure, whatever that looks like, get your retirement done, leave a little something for the kids, and just go on and you know, enjoy a fishing uh, expedition while you're retiring and winding down. Come on, you are born for more than what this world can comprehend and understand, and as you start to walk that out, you begin to realize there's a ladder in this place. Surely the presence of the Lord was here, and I didn't even know it, and heaven and earth are communing, and Jesus is standing there at this Jacob's Ladder experience, and everywhere you are, that's a port of entry for heaven. The house of God, know you not, you are the temple, is the gate of God. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. You are the house of God. You are the gateway to heaven. God gains entrance into your world through your surrendered available life, just like he gained entrance into our world through the surrendered sacrifice of Jesus Christ and you and I then follow the example of Christ and we then open up the gateway between heaven and earth is anybody hearing what I'm saying this is your assignment from God it's a beautiful assignment it's an amazing narrative and out of all of this we then start to understand and realize we were born for more God put eternity in your heart according to the book of Ecclesiastes that means that no temporal pleasure this world has to offer will ever satisfy your soul because there's eternity in your heart no matter how pleasurable the world's provision may be it's still just temporal the greatest moment the world has to offer is still just a moment and in the scope of eternity that doesn't even matter so we're trying to learn what it is to allow our lives to be shaped by the eternal priorities of God you were born for more. And so we want to grow in that, understand that, step into more of what God's called us to. So this is my question for you today as we kind of prepare the way to get to this abide in Christ, Christ abide in us text of Scripture in John 15. This is my question. What does it look like for you to live, not you, you? Everybody just say me. That's what I'm talking to you right now, you individually. What does it look like for you to live the life that God has called you to live in the fullness of God? We are designed by God to experience the fullness of God. Ephesians 3, 16 to 21 is this crazy text of Scripture and I, I still, I, I'm wrestling with it routinely, daily. I'm rehearsing it. I'm declaring it. But we actually are called by God to know this strength. He's going to strengthen us by his spirit in your inner man together with all the saints that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. And then it goes on, the next verse, it says, uh, he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all you can ask or imagine. Like you blew my mind with the verse before, the exceedingly abundantly above and beyond. Filled with the fullness of God? Filled with the fullness of God? What is that? How many of you here are filled with the fullness of God? That's a crazy question. It's what he desires. But what we've done is we've lowered our theology to our level of living rather than raise our level of living to our biblical theology. And the sons and daughters of God have become consumers in the world. And God is saying, enough, I'm ready to empower my church to go and change the world. 
Now, I want you to understand, again, I wrestled with this. It's easy sometimes speaking to just give all the illustrations that, you know, make you look good, and, 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 and I tend to not always do that. I tend to give illustrations that embarrass my family, and so I kind of do that on purpose because it helps create an atmosphere of authenticity and honesty. And how many of you struggle? Can I just see if you struggle? Raise your hand if you, right now, there's a struggle in your life. You're, you're battling the enemy. And so we need to be honest about that. Sometimes we come to church and we pretend like none of us have any struggles and it messes all of us up. He's the Messiah. Aren't you glad he's the Messiah? That means he's in your mess. He's turning your mess into a message. When you give him your mess, he turns it into a message because he's the Messiah. That's just who he is. And church is messy, and we need to be honest about this. So this particular uh, story I want to share with you is interesting because I, I was teamed up with a group of golfers on a golf course that I don't typically play with. And, um, and we got maybe halfway through the round a little more than that. And this one guy, I know is not that great of a golfer, and I said, man, you're playing some good golf today. You've made some great putts. You're really hitting some good shots. And, and he's standing there kind of looking down. And, and when I said that, this is why he, he turned to me and he goes, it's you. <laughs> like he started walking toward me. It's you. And, and I was just like, what? And he said, I could feel it when you walked on the tee box and, and we were going to play together. I could just feel it. And I knew it was going to be a good day. <laughs> now, let me just say, I am not a golf good luck charm, okay? I'm not. <laughs> he just happened to be having a good day, and I just happened to be in the right place, and, I, and I'm sure that was the case. But what I do want to say is I left that moment in that conversation thinking, I think that's what it should be like in our lives. People experience some kind of grace or some kind of strength or some kind of breakthrough. And then we point to them and say, man, there's something happening in your life. And then they look at us and they say, it's you, isn't it? You've been sent from heaven. You are ordained by God. God's kingdom is here impacting my life. Something's being awakened in who I am. That's the world you and I are actually called to impact. It's you. It is you. Filled with all the fullness of God. I want to know this. I want to know what this is for us to walk in, for us to experience it. And this is one thing I'm absolutely certain of. It's going to pop up on the screen. It's in your notes if you're on uh, looking. Uh, and by the way, welcome online. I got so excited about uh, everything going on. I forgot to just say greetings to you. We're so glad to have our online family. And Destiny Table New York, God bless you. We're so thankful for our family in New York. And can I just say locally here, come on, let's welcome our online family. We are so grateful for what God is doing in all of our our hearts and lives. Such a blessing to be connected with people in various places as the Lord has ordained for us to walk that out. This is important that you understand, a very important statement. To go where God wants you to go will require you to be intimate with him. To go where God wants to take you will require intimacy with him. If coming to church is your avenue of seeking God, you are spiritually anemic. If you only eat when other people feed you, you are spiritually weak. The church has got to hear this. We've, we've got to rise up and declare it. 
Like, your, your, your best life isn't having a good life and making it to church fairly often. John chapter 15, verses 4 to 11. Father, would you do what only you can do through the public reading of your word? And I just repent to you where I have neglected seeing the rivers of living water that are available to us when we read your word together in a forum like this. I pray we would sense not just the reading of the book, but the nearness of the author in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. John 15, 4 to 11. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches, he who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. This is such an important part of what we need to understand today. Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire and they're burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. Did you hear that? Just as the Father loves me, I love you. How much does the Father love Jesus? That's how much God loves you. That's wild. Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. There's that fullness language again. How do you know that is a mouthful of revelation? <laughs> like what we just read, that's pretty, pretty crazy when you think about what is being spoken. And, and this is what we need to understand. Jesus suffered and died on a cross. You know, one Easter years ago, I explained the medical description of the crucifixion. Like, I went through and explained. It was a two-page document that a medical doctor wrote, and the description of the crucifixion is the most horrific thing you could ever possibly imagine. If you saw, um, what's the movie, The Cross of Christ, Passion of Christ? If you saw The Passion of Christ, then you endured some agonizing observation of the crucifixion of Christ. Do you agree? It's minimal compared to the reality of what that is. If you've not seen The Passion of the Christ because it's just too horrific for you to watch, then I challenge you to, to watch it even if you don't want to because you won't love it, but you do need it. And it helps you understand something. And the point I'm simply trying to make when you think about this man whose back was lacerated from his shoulders down to his calves, 
nailed to a cross, crying out for, for breath in his lungs, and literally hanging on his, uh, his wrists that are searing in agony. He's pushing up with his feet just to get another breath because death by crucifixion is asphyxiation. He's pushing up to get another breath, but in doing so, the searing agony of his ankles is so bad, he alleviates that pain to drop only again to the, 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 the wrists and the whole time this lacerated back up and down on this beam. I mean, do you understand? I'll stop there, but you, you understand this is horrific. This is beyond what any of us can understand. Jesus did not die on a cross so we could merely go to church. <laughs> Typically in America, if people don't come to our churches, they won't be reached and they won't be discipled. You agree? Typically in America, if people don't come to our churches, they won't be reached and they won't be discipled. Uh, I, I remember hearing the statistics, and it shocked me, that at any given weekend in the state of Oklahoma, how many of you know we're not just the, the, the belt of the Bible, like we're not just the Bible belt, we're the buckle of the belt, of the Bible belt. And I remember hearing the statistic that at any given weekend, 80% uh, of the population will not be in church. Only 20% of the population of the state of Oklahoma would actually be gathered in a congregational gathering. That was before COVID. And that has shifted to the negative, not to the better. It's shifted in the wrong way. And then I started reading another study that said nationwide, 90% uh, of the population now won't go to church. Now, I don't know the accuracy of this claim, but this is what I do know. The vast majority of people in the population of this nation are never going to be reached if we don't change our thinking about who the church is. We, we need to understand that. We've got to go be the church. I, I was listening to this pastor talking about this incredible Christmas presentation. I love Christmas presentations. And these two pastors were having this interaction, and it was quite an interesting interaction. It became quite spirited. And one of them was saying, man, our Christmas presentation is second to none. Phenomenal. <clears throat> Hundreds of thousands of dollars to make this spectacular. And in fact, the entire cast and crew, which is a vast number of people, this entire cast and crew has to commit listen to this, 20 hours a week for three months in the conclusion of the year in order to be a part of this amazing Christmas production. 20 hours a week for three months. And like people do it because they want to be a part of this great production. It's phenomenal. And these two pastors having this interaction, the other pastor said, wow, that's amazing. What would happen if you got all those people cast and crew, probably 150 people, if you got all those people cast and crew, and you just got them to commit for 20 hours a week for three months with no budgetary expense just to invite people into their life. 
Just 20 hours a week for three months, invite people into your life. Invite people into your home. Invite people to experience your heart. Just invest in people 20 hours a week for three months. And the other pastor sat there for a moment. He goes, wow, that would be world-changing. But Christians today would never do it. So basically, church leaders have resolved we can't get the church to truly be the church, so we've reduced them to singing reindeer once a year where we invite people to come watch them put on their cherry red nose and sing their production. And I just say, folks, there are people that are dying and they are not going to see the Father and stand on the right side of judgment one day unless you and I pick up the pace and realize who God has actually called us to be. The bad thing is, and again, today, more than anything, I'm kind of just talking something out. It's just I'm trying to reconcile it in my own brain. But like, we can work to provide these attractional things to draw people in. And, and again, I'm all for doing things that lets the community know we're here. It's great. We're going to do, um, I don't know what it's called, Fun fest, thank you. Halloween, Satan's birthday, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna let the <laughs> I know. We're gonna let the community know we're here. We're gonna have trunks and treats and and you know things going on out in the parking lot. It's gonna be great, and I hope you'll help, and we want to be a part of that. But the purpose of all of that is to let the community know we're here, to provide a safe space where the kids can come, and they know there's a family where we can reach into their life at any given moment in time when they need something, they know where they can come. I, I'm, I understand that. I'm trying to reconcile all of that in my heart and in my mind. I don't want to become this old fuddy-duddy that says we're going to join together in a room, only read the scripture, there'll be no laughing or, you know, understand? that's not what God wants from us in the church, but at the same time, we've allowed the church to become something that creates consumers in such a way that very few people are becoming disciple, making disciples, and that's the great commission, and we have to be serious about it. We have to be serious about it. So I'm looking at this and I'm realizing, you know, I'm 55 years old now and, and, and I don't know, you know, how many years I'll be leading the church, but I'll be leading the church for a number more years before I get to the place of saying it's time to turn it over to the next generation. And for how many ever years I'm leading the church, how many of you know the attractional model of church is going to work? I'm going to have a salary. We're going to be taken care of as long as I'm here if I just keep doing what we've done in times past, I'm going to be taken care of. And that's the problem with today's leaders in the church is it's not about us being taken care of. It's about a next generation church that needs something more than a model that won't work in the kingdom of God. So it's time to go deeper. 
This is exactly what tonight is about, coming together and crying out sacrificially, saying, God, what do you want to do in the body of Christ? And how can we be the inspired and empowered and strengthened and supernatural sons and daughters of God that you've called us to be? Because you can't give what you don't have. And if you're living a life that's absent of spiritual power, you won't raise up sons and daughters that'll have spiritual power. The Bible speaks of in the last days, sons and daughters will prophesy. How many of you excited about that? Somebody shout amen. Amen. Well, then you better be cultivating that which is prophetic in your own life. Because you're not going to raise up sons and daughters that are going to carry a mantle that you can't equip them to understand or walk out. So where's your prayer life? Where are you in the Word? Where are you in sacrificially coming together in community with the body of Christ? Where are you with the things that matter to God? Because He's not going to give you the treasures of kingdom if you're not willing to embrace the priorities of eternity. We tend, let me calm down a little bit. I'm fired up today. I think I'm in... Go preach mode. We tend to live distracted, disconnected lives that lack strength and power that only comes from God. We tend to live distracted, disconnected lives that lack strength and power that only comes from God. That, that scripture, John 15, that says, without me, you can do nothing. What that means is you can do something that amounts to nothing without him. How many of you know if you give your life to something that amounts to nothing, it's a futility of existence that will leave you frustrated, used, and abused, and at the end of your life, look back and say, what was it all for? Nothing. Without me, you can do Nothing. We have no true ability to be fruitful in ministry without the rich, deep love union with our Father. I was on a call recently, and and, uh, Esther Uppel, part of our leadership structure from the UK, she said this statement, and as she said it, it was like I was drinking something in that was giving me strength and I want to give this to you and I want to say to you and I want to declare to you let it be awakened within us to take us to a deeper place of conviction we have no true ability to be fruitful in ministry and life in general without the rich deep love union with our father not token looking over religiously. Oh, yeah, that's the Lord. That's the good man upstairs. I'm talking about an intimate, loving relationship with your heavenly Father. And out of that, knowing God, intimately knowing God, Daniel 11:32, the people who know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Come on, the people who know their God, they shall be strong and they shall do great exploits. And the world will be impacted by these powerful sons and daughters of God that begin to walk in the fullness of God that he designed them to walk in everywhere they 
they go. And when I walk into a room, I'm impacting the spiritual climate of the room and demonic forces that have tormented people into places of confusion no longer have any influence in their mind. And suddenly they start saying, I have such clarity of thought. It's you. It's you, isn't it? It's you. It's happening. I'm able to think clearly because the carriers of the presence of God are going everywhere in the earth that God has called them to go. What would it look like for you to live in the fullness of God's design for your life? This week, I want to ask you, we want to experience God's presence and bring it to real life. We're all about authenticity in real life here. If you want an expression that communicates who we are, if someone says, hey, what's your church all about? You say, well, we're people who bring God's presence to real life. That pretty much sums it up. We love his presence, and we want to walk that out. And so that's why each week there's an action point. God's presence to real life, action point. Make time to simply be in God's presence, allowing him to do a deep work in your heart. Something powerful happens in the human heart when we experience the presence of God. Let me ask the worship team to come. Something powerful happens in the human heart when we experience the presence of God. I sense his presence here. Do you? We hear preaching and teaching and but what do we do with it? So I've given you my commission. This has kind of become a season of time where we take a few moments just in the quietness of his presence, in the gathering of his people. He promises to be here in a special, unique, and wonderful way. It's part of why the Bible says don't forsake the gathering because you don't want to miss out on the presence the way God promises in the gathering to show up and be here. It's in this kind of a moment where dreams begin to be awakened in this kind of a moment where enemies begin to be more readily defeated. It's in this kind of moment where chains that have perhaps had generational bondages start to lose their hold and sometimes begin to break off and addictions that have held my grandparents captive will never reach my grandchildren because I stand in the gap between those two places and say I'm pressing into the deeper place God desires for me to possess. So come on, just as uh, Joe begins to play, you just prepare your heart. And let's just hear the Lord. We'll just take a moment. Sometimes we'll take longer uh, time in this. You, you, this is something you should be doing regularly, routine you in your own life. Uh, this morning I got up, it's early, turned on worship and just listened. I just listened. I didn't start off saying, Lord, I need this, and Lord, I need that, and Lord, I want you to do that. I want you to, if you'll just learn to listen to your Heavenly Father, it'll straighten out so much stuff going on in your life. The, the chaos and the turmoil will suddenly turn to peace and grace. Something powerful happens in the human heart in the presence of the Lord. So my question to you is, what is God asking from you as a result of what he has spoken to you today? You don't need a man to teach you. You need the anointing to teach you. I'm not saying, what, how are you going to take now what I've pepped you up? Welcome to the Destiny Pep Rally. I'm glad you got pepped up. 
That's not what this is about. I'm not asking you how you're going to take what I've said and apply it in your life. I'm asking you how are you going to take what he has revealed through what has been spoken to you personally? And how are you going to walk that out? I want you just to take a few moments and think about what he is saying to you and how to respond to him. Waiting on the Lord is boring in the overstimulated, underdeveloped Western world church. But you're helping us to understand that we've been overstimulated and underdeveloped. We're growing in a deeper revelation of who you truly are. So we have a greater understanding of who we truly are. We then will begin to walk in the fullness of our design from our Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus. Let us say today, Jesus came, He lived, He died, He's risen from the grave, He is alive, He's in the room by the power of His Spirit, awakening things within our heart. Because of the sinfulness of humanity we require a Savior and he is the perfect Savior he's the perfect one who came that we might have life I just say if you 
stand in agreement with that declaration would you both stand to your feet and lift your hands and surrender to the cross of Jesus Christ today and we just acknowledge as a people Lord we recognize we need you without you we're lost some of us have been walking with you for many many years some of us maybe haven't been walking with you very long we acknowledge we need you we surrender to you some of us perhaps today is the day that marks the, the first day of surrender to the cross of Christ Lord we just join together and say would you have your way in our surrendered available lives we believe in our hearts we confess our mouths Jesus is Lord will be saved and not only walk in salvation but make you Lord every single day for the rest of our lives in Jesus name we pray if you're in agreement with that would you say amen <laughs> thank you Lord thank you Lord come on we're gonna just take a few moments in worship our prayer team is gonna make their way to the back right under the lights uh, and if uh, there's anything that we can pray with you about, if today you're making a decision to receive Christ, then don't just do that on your own. Do that within the structure of a family. How many of you know every, God's design is for every baby to be born into a family? Like the natural design, is that also the spiritual design? And so if today you're taking a step forward in your faith, let us pray in agreement with you. Our prayer team's available uh, back there. Is there anything we can agree with you about specifically? then let us do that. There's communion at the back of the center here. We just want to take a few moments and encounter God. Giving stations are available. It's a great time to bring your giving in an attitude of worship, an expression of worship. You can give online if you prefer to do that. But I, may, I just ask, let's really bring our hearts before the Lord. And, and I try not to do too much in the way of commercial type stuff up here for us. But I do just want to say, guys... Uh, if you are, if you sense the Lord's direction to be a part of our men's event that we'll be a part of, it's not our event, I'm just one of the speakers, um, then I would ask you to get registered on there immediately so we know, because we have to secure rooms and so on. It costs more than you pay, because we're underwriting to invest in our guys. And there are some people that need financial help. And so some of you may just have a heart to give, just to help some other people go and be sown into and invested in but let's just be obedient to the Lord that's really what all of this is about we just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit come on would you just prepare your hearts we'll take just a few more moments just in worship back to the Lord we've received something from him let's bring this back to him in an expression of worship before we're dismissed